Yo, this your boy DJ Master Chin from Pure Vibes Radio, Tennessee. Representing from my girl, Dimps Lewis, the pepper, behind the Pepper Sauce Radio Show. Catch her each and every Friday from 9 to 11 p.m. Don't miss it. Hey, thank you for joining in. This is the Pepper Sauce Radio Show. This is your host, Dimps Lewis. Thank you. Welcome. It's happy, happy Friday. I know everybody had a long week and these weeks are going by quick. It's already November 1st. That's right. Already November 1st. I'm already hearing Christmas carols. Um, I'm totally lost. Okay. We just finished Halloween with these kids yesterday. No one came knocking on my door. I had the lights off because honestly, I do not really celebrate. Halloween. But I like the fact that people dress up. I saw a lot, a lot of interesting um, uniforms, <laughs> I should say, costumes. I don't really, really want to say costumes because a lot of them were like uniforms, meaning that I saw a lot of cops. Um, I saw a lot of nurses. What else? Um, priests, bishops, a lot of pastors with the tongue out. You know that last episode I had with the pastor. Pastor cannot get a break, huh? But yeah, so once again, this is the Pepper Sauce Radio Talk Show. Welcome to my podcast. It will be published today, November 1st. Um, So I want to go ahead and jump right on in and speak about the sponsors. Um, We have a huge, huge day rave event. And if you did not know, now you know. It is the Blue Rave Day Rave, November 17th on Sunday. It's going to be held at the Majestic the Majestic Event Center, which is located at 801 North John Young Parkway, Orlando, Florida. Everyone knows where the Majestic Event Center is. It's going to be a real, real nice setup. They have limited cabanas right now, starting at 650, going up to 950. So if you're inquiring about cabanas, I suggest that you contact me as soon as possible regarding your cabana sales. Also, pre-tickets are being sold right now for $30. You can also find us on Eventbrite if there's any left. Okay, so Blue Rave Day Rave, once again, is November 17th. And just in case you did not know, there is going to be a very, very popular performer. I am a fan. Okay, and it is Up Top Boss. So guess what, ladies? There is a bubble, bubble up your body for the Up Top Boss Challenge. So don't forget, if you feel the need that you can win some tickets you still have time go ahead and send in your videos and tag on instagram at blue rave promotions blue rave let me repeat that at blue rave day rave or blue rave promotions i think it's blue rave promotions you know sometimes our mind goes quicker than our mouth so don't forget to make sure you go ahead get your tickets for that it's going to be 30 dollars pre-sale tickets It's going to be $50 at the gate. Remember, it's all-inclusive food. So you want to also know that the bottles are going to be special. We have the finest, finest bottle girls out there coming in for this event. We have um, the finest bartenders that's going to be there for this event. So just keep your eyes open and hear about it. It's going to be a Blue Rave Day Rave starting at 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. So big up yourself, Blue Rave Day Rave team. Um, shout out to Princess Nikki. So let me go ahead and start off the first topic. And it's going to be probably the main topic. And I'm going to break it down. Um, this topic is actually dealing with industry business. When you're in the business of the industry, how do you, you know, work through the business of the industry? Because it could be very stressful. I myself, I am in the industry. I am a newcomer. Like I said, this is... um my start of the radio station I actually started last year with one company and I began with another company and now I'm currently on my podcast which works out for me because I'm able to um, control it and do what I say but it's a lot of work like I've been saying so if I need any sponsors yes I do I would love to have sponsors because I'm also working on um, getting my own studio, God willing. So I don't really want to talk too much about that because, you know, there are always people out there, believe it or not, they really don't want to see you succeed. Always trying to tarnish your name. But hey, no one's perfect. Everybody's human. So I'm not going to let one's words um, cause me any grief. 
I'm going to keep my head up and keep smiling and keep doing what I need to do and what I'm placed here to do because everybody has a purpose, right? So along with that, before I, before I get into any further, I myself have an event, which is November 15th. Um, that's right. That's going to be November 15th. Oh, I take that back. November 16th, which is on a Saturday. And it's going to be held at the Blue Jacket Grill located at 7085. Where is it at? I believe it's 785 or 745. 785 or 745. Um, they're telling me. Um located on Bennett Road but you can't miss it so you could google blue grill blue jacket grill and it's also on Eventbrite and the name of the event is because that's just the location the name of the event is called Heels and Cocktails now this is my very first event is a social networking event it starts at 10 p.m to 2 a.m i have limited vendor space right now i'm i'm excited um to have such a such a um, a, a large response actually for it to be my first event and I wanted to have something a little different um, something that I always wanted to have I've attended a lot of events myself but I want this to be more of a mixed cultural um, networking event we have pop-up vendors also you can get those tickets as well online at eventbrite.com heels and cocktails so that's going to be at November 16th starting at 10 p.m. Once again, any sponsors that would like to donate to my show and help the movement and you like what I'm doing, um, my cash app is dollar sign D-I-M-P-S-L-E-W-I-S-C-O. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. When we talk about the industry business, I look to a lot of um, celebrities, you know, a lot of celebrities, how they started, where they came from, um, what motivates them, what keeps them ticking, like do they really have a perfect world what they portray to us and a lot of them really don't a lot of them really have to do the same thing that we did the only difference between them and a lot of us I should say is that a lot of us try to depend on our peers for success um we want to we want our peers to accept us but sometimes a lot of our peers are not on the same path that we're on you know they don't have the same vision and I bring this to your attention is because, um, like I say, I talk about things that I that I experienced myself, things that I went through. I, like I said, no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm still learning this industry. I'm still learning how to separate um, personal from business. I am learning to develop a thick skin. So I do a lot of research on other um, celebrities or successful people, I should say, as well, because there's a lot of successful people out there that make a lots of money, but they're not in the limelight. And so I bring this to your attention is um, Brian Allen. So those of you who don't know who Brian Allen is, he is a black male American. You know, he's real known for his TV. He started for comedy. He had his own show. He's actually started um, to produce movies as as well. Um, He really shocked me on his story because he was raised by his mother and father um well his mom had him when he at a very early age at the age of 16 and so she really she got pregnant by him pregnant with him I should say at the age of 16 and had him at um on her like 17 days after her birthday okay so that's something similar to my experience with my second son he was born five days after my birthday So here we have a black male with a a teenage mom. You could imagine the stereotypes. Um, Oh, she's not going to make it, especially back in those days, because I believe he was born in 1961, you know, in Detroit. And that's around the same time they had the Detroit um, riot. And around that time, the Detroit riot, that's when Martin Luther King was assassinated. Okay, so you could imagine this is a time when you did have a positive black male figure in the civil rights. And I use civil rights very loosely because why do we talk about civil rights? But that's a whole nother topic, neither here or there. But we have a a young black male, Brian Allen, looking at his mom, his dad, both young parents. You know, I believe his dad worked in um, steel mill because a lot of people worked in that industry. You know, Detroit had a lot of people that worked in that factory industry. You have the Ford 
industry, you know, out there, the factory, the Ford factory out there. So there's a lot of people that work in the industry itself. And at that time, those people that were, they didn't want to make any mistakes. You know, you was building a rapport um, at your job. You made sure you could retire. You know, well, obviously things are different this, these days. Um, back then, people have like one job, you know, and they could just like make it work and make a sacrifice and do without. But nowadays, you know, it's totally different. But with Brian Allen is what really um, stood out to me was because, you know, I known him as a like, you know, a comedian. And here he is. He opens up about who he really is, you know, especially you know, during that Detroit time, Detroit um, riot, that was a major, major um, milestone, you know, in in history, in U.S. history. And those are a lot of things that a lot of our young youth these days are now learning about. And I myself didn't really know too much about the Detroit riot until I actually saw a documentary on it. So just to think that, you know, you have this man that's well successful. He always looks like he has a smile on his face, looks like his life is good. And he went through, you know, a single mom. So during that time, his mom actually and dad, I guess they divorced. And they actually, the mom and, you know, Brian actually relocated. And she ended up getting her degree at UCLA. You know, her master's in cinema, TV production. And also she did her, the very first internship at NBC. So she showed her son like, hey, I'm a black female here. Um, you know, we came from this part. I had you at a young age, but I made sure I kept going. I kept going to provide a better life for me and you, you know, so that he looked at his mom as like his mom was his hero. You know, that was his main hero where he later on, you know, decided, hey, you know, at a young age, you know, he figured like, I see my mom struggling to make it. He liked comedy. He got involved in doing comedy and he got that big break. So a lot of people don't get give breaks out anymore. Okay. You'll find nowadays if someone knows some information on how to succeed, they would not even share it with their own family members, not even their own best friends, you know? So there's a lot of takers and a lot of givers out there. There's not a lot of equal equality on when it comes to this industry thing. But here we have Brian. He met, you know, while his mom was, you know, working at NBC, he started hanging out at the station a lot. He met Brian Gumble that did sports. He met Pat Sajak, you know, that did weather. Yes, Pat Sajak. Pat Sajak, the Wheel of Fortune man. Who would have thought? I just thought the man knew how to spin the wheel or something. But he actually did um, the weather channel, the weather station for NBC. So he had an opportunity. Um, Brian Allen had an opportunity to meet some successful people right now. And so he decided, you know, like at the age of 13, you know, he got involved in stand-up comedy. You know, because at the same time, Johnny Carson was an NBC. So he was able to see those people, you know, and he drew, grew, grew his interest towards comedy. And one day he was just at the age of 13. Um, by the time he turned 14, he he happened to run into a guy named Wayne Clyde, which happened to, you know, question him about his, you know, his skills and his talent on comedy. And he looked at that as an opportunity for him. And they know he got that call from who you who you thought JJ Walker at the age of 14 so that was his big break getting in there into the comedy at a young age um these are all situations that we just need that big break you know what I mean like we get into that situation and we want to have that big break and that big opening and it's like who do we connect with who do we network with and once you find a good connection and a good network um I'm not saying that you have to be best friends with this person, but if you're going in a certain direction, you want to mingle with those people that's going to go in the same direction as yourself, but still be careful, you know, still do your research and keep your eyes open because a lot of the people's intentions are not always good intentions. Okay. So right now I have, um, you guys can't see, but I have a question that came in and just to let you know, these questions that come in, they're actually emailed to me the day of my show that's supposed to be published. 
So like I said, I tried, I'm trying to stay on point and try to stay on it and have these shows published the way it's supposed to be published. Okay. On time on Fridays and be published by 9 p.m. Okay. So right now, since I have the podcast, my podcast may be, um, like 30 to 35 minutes at this time, but it's going to usually when it starts airing on YouTube, which I can't wait. And I have everything that I need, um, to start my own radio show. I know what it is to build a station. Once I get it, I'll be so excited. So I'm going to have everything I need then. And then of course my show would be live. And of course you'd be able to tune in live and ask all the questions you need on the topic that we're discussing. And like I said, that the topic is the industry business. So next person that I would like to discuss another um, prominent person, person in my life, I should say too, as growing up um, would be famous Patti LaBelle. So, you know, Patti LaBelle, she's been out for you, for you, your mama, your grandmama, (laughs) your kids, your grandkids, Patti is still here. And that is one tough cookie, literally. You know, Patti LaBelle has had her own cooking show. I believe she still has it or she's trying to start it up or is having repeats. But she is known for that famous pie, that sweet potato pie that everybody was running to Walmart to get. Do you remember when that pie came out? Everybody was running to Walmart to get the sweet potato pie. The reason why she chose sweet potato pie over potato um, over pumpkin pie is because she doesn't like pumpkin pie. I don't blame her, but I love some sweet potato pie, and I hate when on Thanksgiving when I used to really celebrate Thanksgiving and you see the two pies on there, you think like, yes, that's sweet potato pie. Cause you heard someone say they're sweet potato pie and then you cut it and you bite into it and it's pumpkin pie. Oh, it's something about that pumpkin pie has like this little spicy aftertaste in it. I don't know, but I can't do it. So besides Patty having her sweet potato pie, she always has she also has some tea the rumor has it is that she's actually going to have um a movie out on some haterism can you believe people have been hating on patty so hey when people hate on me i i should feel great because you're hating on patty labelle but you know once again it's the industry business you know everyone's trying to get what you're trying to get and some people is going to trip you along the way or they might trip the person that you're trying to get to that's going to help you along the way have them to believe something else about you you know just to you know tarnish your character or you may have done something that was out of character where they feel like oh the person that was talking about you has the upper hand on you because they're like oh yes you see cut them loose people don't care about them because honestly I don't I don't care about any of them because this is how I look at it everything happens for a reason and everything was meant to happen for a reason and everything will happen for a reason you cannot control that so just like how you can't control you living or dying basically when you break it down you don't know when you're gonna be up or down okay so why carry on someone else's baggage about you let it go and kill us. Okay. This is just raw and uncut. This is the, this is the pepper sauce show. Okay. Um, it's going to be raw uncut and that's it. I could care less what anybody has to say. So back to Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle is actually coming out with that movie. Like I said, that's a rumor. I would love to hear about the movie and she's going to actually disclose some celebrities that she actually had some in, um, encounters with some negative encounters with and she says is new ones and old ones you know so that's what she says I don't know but she actually has the frozen dinners that they have right now in certain Walmarts so if you go into the Walmart and you don't see a Patty LaBelle frozen dinner you could actually petition the Walmart for them to get it okay and I heard that her macaroni and cheese is the slammer. It doesn't even taste like a frozen dinner. I don't know. I've had frozen dinners before and there's some hit or miss on ones. I don't know if I got the acquired taste for them. <laughs> but if if Patty LaBelle says that her mac and cheese is supposed to be the best, let's see. I, I'll have to go check it out in the Walmart. But when you're branding yourself, okay, um, you think about which, what product you're going to put out there. You have to remember that the consumer 
needs a needs a need basis product, a product that they need, a product that they can't live without. Regardless, they don't care if they're not going to pay their bills. I don't know. I'm not suggesting that, but I'm just saying like they it, it has to be a need, right? Okay. And then when you offer a need, you want to make sure that your brand and your name. So you don't want your name to be tarnished. I'm not going to say that your brand is going to be totally squeaky clean. You're going to hit some bumps in the road because as myself, like I said, I'm in the industry myself and I had to learn as I go learn. I'm still learning, learning what to do, what not to do, learning um, that some people that you may work with, they're not really there for you. They're trying to take over you. It doesn't even matter because like I said, what's for you is meant for you and I could care less you know that's my that's my new motto I could care less what anybody has to say but stay woke I'm woke so when you're branding you're branding your image you're branding your name you know you want to show how important it is to yourself once you show passion for what you're doing other people have no choice but to respect you even if they're trying to bring you down they have no choice but to respect you in your face now they may talk about you behind your back that's normal. Who doesn't? People always love the tea. That's what they do. They come for the tea. And once they get the tea, they take the tea back and then the tea ends up being coffee. Then the coffee ends up being some sour ass milk till it curdles up. And then that's your brand. That's your name. To From that one person, from that second person, from that third person, from that fourth person, you know. And then along the way, no one's ever going to say they're sorry. They're going to continue to play victim and blame everything on you, right? Guess what? Who gives a damn? Forget about it. Who cares? Keep branding yourself because you want to portray an image that you know is going to be a positive image regardless of how much negativity you have around you, right? So there's more things that you need to get into that. So um, the branding, the naming, the image, that is the most important to any person that's running a business, an entrepreneurship, a self-employed, whichever you want to call yourself, CEO, president, COO, you know, all the titles, but at the end of the day, whatever company you work for, whether it's yourself, and if you if you're a partnership with a company, you want to make sure there's a brand and there's an image and it gets carried out. Okay? So all of this is learned through trial and error. And all of this, the basis is, is how to interact with people, you know? And once again, you, you don't want to mix the pleasure and the business. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to not going to develop a relationship with people you work with, but stay woke because everybody's not for you. Okay. I'm just going to let you know. Everybody's not for you. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and take a quick break right now. And we'll be back um, with the rest of this industry business topic. Go ahead and stay tuned and listen out for my sponsors right now and see you when I get back. Hey, welcome back to the Pepper Sauce Radio Talk Show. This is um, your host, Dems Lewis, and I am back talking about industry business. Okay, so where I left off at is with the branding part. Okay, we all decided that, you know, the branding is very, very important. The image part, brand your name of your business, the people you associate yourself with. If you have a partnership, everybody has to be on the same page. If you have people working for you, you want them to be on the same page with you as well and focus on your vision, you know, and people that work for you, sometimes they're looking for their own, their own, they're working with you because they want to do their own thing as well in the industry. So you want to put, put a positive, um, mindset for them, you know, have them learn something basically while they're getting paid for it. But you know, everybody has to work for what they need and everybody has to work for what they got and everybody has to work for what they want. Okay. So during the process of this, um, along with you building your business, you run into a lot of not so nice people, people that don't see your vision, um, a lot of negative people, um, people that really could care less about how you feel about your business and how you eat and how you put the food on your table. So they will begin to tarnish your name, like I said, and, you know, bring you down. But along with this, here comes a a crazy part. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but I'm going to name it as faith. How do you keep your faith? Do you understand? What do you do to keep your faith? When do you 
rely on your faith? When do you realize, hey, let it go and let my faith take care of it? You know what I mean? So what keeps you going? What keeps you pushing? A lot of people will say faith. I myself will say faith. What keeps me going? Keeps me pushing. And some people might say my children or my spouse or my dog, my cat, um, you know, my grandmother, a family member, my cousins, my friends. They keep me pushing. They keep me going. But as for me, I'm going to say faith because if I don't have faith within myself and if I don't believe in faith and realize that, hey, I cannot run this shit by myself physically but mentally and in my heart I have faith so it's going to push me to learn how to run the ship by myself if I have to okay so that's where faith comes in for me so when you're realizing that you um, have faith and some people say don't lose your faith or some people say keep faith pray on it you know it may sound like a cliche like oh my god how could you tell me keep faith and this is happening to me but it's no one's gonna the the, God is not going to, I'm just going to say it. God is not going to give you anything that you cannot handle. Okay. You just have to be prepared to handle it. That's what faith is. Faith is not going to pay, you know, necessarily. Oh, well, faith is not paying my bills. Ha ha ha. Well, you know that, but guess what? Faith is going to give you the strength to keep pushing, to make sure you get your bills paid. Faith is going to give you the strength to keep pushing, to make sure that, Hey, you know what? people are talking bad about me I'm gonna brush that off and I'm gonna keep it moving right I'm gonna keep my brand moving because you think things happen easy you think Bill Gates woke up and everybody loved Bill Gates no they did not you think everybody loved Oprah Winfrey no they did not as a matter of fact talking about Oprah Winfrey Oprah Winfrey has a quote that I love very much and you know how some people say oh you're so lucky but actually Oprah says luck is the meeting of opportunity you get what I'm saying luck is the meaning of the opportunity so you got lucky in the opportunity because you met your opportunity the opportunity didn't come to you you went out and met that opportunity you know and Oprah she is like herself she came from a very very disturbed background she was told people were not going to even look at her you know coming from being raped by her uncle you know having an abortion probably a a legal abortion you know um being overweight at a time on she was on a radio show you know oprah was oprah came a long way and oprah is very 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 rich but you have to be smart you have to have wisdom you know people some people are just giving money And some people have to earn their money. If everyone was on the same path of being given the money, then there's nothing to have faith about. Okay? People that were given money are probably handed down the money from old money. Somebody in their family had faith. And then they kept up the tradition. Now, if you wasn't born in money, but then you have faith and you you speak positive affirmations in your life, then you could also have that money. Because you're preparing yourself. People are giving money, like I said, and are not prepared to get that money, so they lose it. You understand what I'm saying? So it's it's what it's always life is exactly what you make it. You know, um, I came at the age of my life that, you know, I started the game of this industry really late, but I always, always had a passion for it because like I said, I was always thinking about what my family's going to think about it or what they're going to say, but I had to shake that off. And then once I got into this industry, I thought it was like, oh, okay. But then I realized there's snakes in here, you know, but then I said, you know what? I cannot put myself in that category with them. I got to remove myself. And in order for me to remove myself, I have to have faith in myself. I have to have faith knowing that, hey, I could do this with with prayer. You know, there's going to be good days, there's going to be bad days. But at the end of the day, I'm still not going to be deterred from my goal. Okay? So you have to put that in your mindset. And you're going to lose friends. And you're going to gain better friends. And you're going to become closer to your faith, closer to your to God. You know? And that's just how it is. So along the way here, you're also dealing with you know, when you're dealing with in the industry business, you have emotions. And a lot of us growing up, especially black people, do we really know how to deal with our emotions? Like, do you ever feel as if your your um, peers or families 
are competing with you, you know, and then you become frustrated and you're like, why is this happening? You know, why are they competing with me? And, you know, I just want us to all win or what have you, or something while you're working on your project and you're working on your brand, something comes in, a personal situation comes into your life. And do you, you notice that you, you're upset, you're emotional, but how do you learn how to separate that feeling from your business? Because if that's the case, there would be businesses all over the world every time the CEO, COO, vice president, whoever gets emotional about it. And the next, you know, the whole company shuts down just because, just because of emotions. So how do you feel when you're in a room full of your competitors? Like, do you look at a room, like when you go to social networking, as a matter of fact, like I said, I'm having a social networking event, November 16th, guys, it's called Heels and Cocktails. So when you're at a social networking event, do you feel inferior? Do you feel powerful? Do you feel like, hey, you know what? I could take this event and I could mingle with people that are doing the same thing I'm doing because you're not the only person out there. So me doing bartending and I'm gradually moving into another direction in the same industry. Um, I'm not going to really say it, but currently in this industry that we're talking about here, as far as entertainment wise, um, I'm doing bartending radio and I also, you know, I'm involved with, you know, other things such as CBD oil. Um, I have my lash line that's coming out. I have my wig line that I'm reconstructing again, that's coming out, you know, so I keep myself busy in this industry. Anything that's dealing with entertainment, I'm connecting with vendors, new vendors. I'm not going to disclose them at this time. But when I walk into a room and I meet somebody that's doing the same thing as me, I feel happy because I don't want to be doing the same, the same thing by myself. You know, I look at it as an opportunity. I look at it as like, hey, you know what? I could build a business relationship with this person. But if that other person is not receptive of that, what do you do? You know what I mean? So what I do is I just keep face. That's all I can do. You know, at that time, you just when you just come back to come back on, come on back. Dems, come on back. Okay. It's just Dems, Lewis and company. Right. Until you meet someone that, you know, you could you could mingle with and you could exchange business ideas with or you see where they're going. They might be somewhere that you want to be or you might be somewhere they want to be. You know, it's called helping him. So but back to the the emotional feelings that we get, the emotional feelings is can we recognize it? Do we recognize our emotions? We do recognize our emotions. Okay. And that's why we tend to um, to get distracted, I should say. We tend to get distracted from it. So what we do is we continue to, what can I say? We continue to harbor over it. Like, oh my God, I'm feeling really sad. I'm feeling really bad, you know? And that's just what it is. So we'll be right back with a quick break. Famous Entertainment proudly presents to you Blu-ray, the T-Ray, featuring TJ of Top Boss, performing live with music by Super Budget, Bellevue, Ironheart Sound, Static Sound, Richard Poole, and Soulja Vibe. Blu-ray, it's a food-inclusive theory. Sunday, November 17th at 801 North John Young Parkway, Orlando, from 3 p.m. until 10 p.m. Admission $13 advance, $50 after gay. Link on WhatsApp. 508-617-0060 Hey everyone, this is your girl Dimstar from Dim Slows and Company bringing to you the biggest social networking event called Heels and Cocktails, November 16, 2019. That's right, I said it. Heels and Cocktails, November 16, 2019. The biggest social networking event is going to be held at Blue Jacket Grill, 745 Bennett Road, Orlando, Florida. That's right. It's going to be held November 16th at Blue Jacket Grill. November 16th, Blue Jacket Grill, 745 Bennett Road, Orlando, Florida. It's a thing called Heels and Cocktails. Professional people coming together, freeing up and enjoying great drinks, great people, socializing, networking. Come out. If you're somebody, be somebody, bring somebody who is somebody. Don't forget Heels and Cocktails, the very first social networking event that you've been waiting for under one roof at the Blue 
Jacket Grill, 745 Bennett Road. And once again, this is a Dim Star promotion brought to you by Dim's Lewis & Company. See you there at the Heels and Cocktails, November 16th. Doors open at 10 p.m. Tickets are being sold right now on Eventbrite. Make sure you get your tickets early. There's going to be more at the door. See you soon. Hey, welcome back to the Pepper Sauce Radio Talk Show podcast. I keep saying this is a podcast, guys, just in case you are trying to, like, say you're going to call in, like, previously or leave a message or I have no idea. Right now, it's a podcast and we will be live soon. Okay, like I said previously. So now I'm back on the emotion thing, the emotions that we're having. Um, We need to learn how to recognize that we're having those emotions and also accept it. Don't let anybody feel tell tell you that you should not feel a certain way. You you're allowed to feel angry. You're allowed to feel sad. You're allowed to feel depressed. You're allowed to feel displaced and not knowing and confused. That's all normal feelings. Where we lose control of that is is when we allow others to tell us that we're not allowed to feel that way. But along the way, while you're feeling that way, you have to recognize it. You have to learn how to control it. And a lot of times we tend to go other places to um, to control our emotions. And that's by the use of alcohol, um, the use of drugs, the use of pills, cheating, domestic violence, um, a lot of negative stuff. But we want to even even shopping, knowing that you don't have the money to spend. A lot of people use shopping as a therapy, like, girl, oh my gosh, or man, just, you know, this happened to me today, whatever. But regardless, all these things are, believe it or not, are ways that we're using and we feel it later still. So those are just temporary fixes. And I'm, I am a prime victim of a temporary fix. You know, I might go to the use of alcohol. I may have had a long day, a bad day, you know, and I might say, hey, you know what? I have a drink and drink and drink and not thinking I didn't eat that day. Or if I did eat, I ate light. And then it tends to take control of the real problem, the real emotion that you was having. But we're all human, right? But when you learn how to recognize that emotion and what it becomes as a negative um, energy, you learn how to learn how to cleanse yourself. Cleansing yourself, you have to be consistent. You have to learn how to cleanse yourself. This is something that we're not taught. We're not taught to be like, hey, you know what? Cleanse yourself, guys. We weren't taught like that. We weren't taught to be like, okay, yes, you know what? I'm having a bad day. Let me go ahead and take a spiritual bath. Let me go ahead and meditate. You know, we, we, we're quick. Anytime we're having a bad day, we're, we, we, we're quick to react and we're quick to feed our negative energy, our negative emotion. And we may have others help us do that. You know, sometimes we may not even want to do that, but we may be around someone and someone around us might get us thinking like, you know what, that shouldn't have happened to you. And then you're like, yeah. And then you become angrier, you know, even though you was angry before you probably was talking to yourself and then you got that phone call from your friend and they heard it in your voice and they want to know why are you feeling that way? You know, so a lot of people don't know. And I, like I said myself, I had to learn it too, that it's okay to get emotional on certain things because this is what life is about. Life is a test. Life is on how, how well we're doing on life. You know, if, if you're going to react to every, every negative response, you're going to be feeding the fire. And then you, instead of that, you might hold it in because that's what I do a lot. I hold like my emotions in and the next you know it, I'm running to something that's going to make it worse, you know? So I, the key to that is you can never be, it's never too late to be fixed. It's never too late to um, reconnect yourself to a different force. And I say that and I'm not being I'm not being sarcastic. I really mean it. A different force. Sometimes we tend to connect to a negative force that's not what we want. Okay, so I'll be back and I'll be right back with you. Hello? 
Okay, so I hope that did not air. I was actually trying to get a call. <laughs> I was trying to connect calls in, but I don't think it aired. Um, I have to work on that connection. But the key to, to everything is being consistent on the energy that you're receiving. Okay, so we'll be right back. Um, we're going to take a short break. Hey, welcome back. This is the Pepper Sauce Radio Talk Show podcast. This is Dems Lewis. Thank you for joining in again. Um, on the last discussion, we were talking about energy, spiritual cleansing. Um, just to let you know, I don't know if a lot of people are aware of this, but actually, even though we may have um, an emotional negative energy around us or someone around us might be giving us an emotional negative energy, um, we tend to go by scent. You ever notice when someone has a good smelling scent that you like, how it doesn't it either you either you like it or you don't like it. I should say, as soon as you smell a scent, either you like it or you don't like it. That means your brain does not have time to even process that situation, because the reason why your brain doesn't have time to process that situation, and you're so easily. Um, you could easily remember the scent or you could easily just be like, um, you could easily remember the scent. And I know you're saying like, okay, well, if your brain doesn't have time to process it, it's really fast. I should say like the scent goes straight into your oral factory and then straight into your nervous system. So that's why a lot of bad scents, you could just be like, ill, like you just cringe and your pores just raise and you're just like, oh my God. Your rectal pili raises your hairs. Your rectal pili is controlled by your nervous system. That's what raises the hairs on your body when you're cold, you know? So all of those things you have to remember when it becomes when it comes to energy and um obtaining positive energy and doing spiritual cleansing in your home. You know, people use certain scents to cleanse out their homes. And to purge out their homes. So just keep that in mind. Cleansing your energy takes time. Takes time. Because it also could be draining to you as well as to other people. So you need to follow the formula. There's a formula for um, cleansing yourself and obtaining positive energy. You need to learn how to trust your energy. That means whatever you learn from it, trust that it will happen again from it. So you have to learn how to control it. You have to learn how to recognize it. You know, um, you can't allow people to get into your own personal space. And that's the truth. Meaning like you can't allow them to get into your own personal energy and draw you into their energy. You understand? Unless it's positive energy, unless you guys are going along the same path. So that's some things to think about. And also, also, also learn how to process the negative emotions. Very important. Practice, practice, practice. So enough of that. Let's go right back into the good part. You know, that was my little scientific part of the industry business. Um, We're going to talk about the culture, the culture in this um, business industry, the culture in this business injury industry, as far as music wise, you know, as us as black people, I am a black female with Caribbean descent. I was born in Harlem. I'm a Harlem baby, but I claim Brooklyn and I claim the South as well. You know, so I have equal parts, you know, I'm up in age, so I could claim wherever the hell I want to claim. Right. But technically I am a real Harlem baby and you know, Harlem people are on a different level genetically. It's like given. Um, it's in our DNA. I don't know. But then I was raised in Brooklyn too. So, and then, like I said, I was raised in Florida and I've also lived in Atlanta, a big portion of my adult life as well. So I see the hip hop culture. I see, um, growing up as a child where hip hop was taking us, where hip hop was, um, growing into a positive environment, um, hip hop was making us aware as young kids. For example, Public Enemy number one, nine one one is a joke. It is still a joke to this day. Um, we had KRS one that was keeping our mind conscious. 
we had African Bambada and his crew. Um, I don't know exactly what was going on with African Bambada messing with these little boys. I mean, that was a rumor. I don't know what happened to that rumor. I wonder. Look that up. Let me know on the next session. But what I'm saying as a whole, when it comes down to the music, we had a culture of of our own that, you know, people, other races and other um, minority groups. <laughs> you like how I said that? Minority groups, because, you know, we are the majority. You do know that, right? So the other minority groups was coming into our culture and wanting to be a part of our culture. Because along with our culture growing up, we had certain dances that went with our culture, certain meaning. We had break dancing. We had block parties in New York where, you know, this block had that block. And, you know, the culture was very strong. We had our Adidas with the fat laces. We had Lee jeans. Then we had Levi's with the stripes on there. Um, we had penny loafers with the pennies in the shoes. You know, growing up in New York was definitely, definitely a, a fashionable culture. We had the Sherlands. We had the London Fogs. We had the Sheepskins. We had everything dealing with our culture because we was culturally diverse as a race, regardless if our race came from somewhere else, because to everyone else, to the rest of the minorities, we were still looked as a black person. Okay. At the end of the day. So we gravitated to music. We gravitated to art. We gravitated to theater. You know, we gravitated to anything that was culturally um, connected with us. Okay. Because we as black people, we are creative people. Okay. We are talented people. We're very talented people. We are able to create, able to obtain, able to grow, able to win. Okay. Keep that in mind. I'm not talking bullshit. Because I don't want to go too deep on you guys. But trust me, I am very deep. Because you know what? Let me interrupt you guys for a second. A lot of people, I worked a party last night as a um, bartender. And it was an American party. And it was here in Orlando. And um, I'm trying to like go divert, you know, be more open. So I could continue with what I'm trying to do as a business person. Um, I'm not going to be pushing bottles forever, but it's okay if I'm a bartender, right? And this young gentleman was like, hey, you know, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. You look nice. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he was like, yo, buy me a drink. So I, I was dumbfounded. I said, wait, what? As I'm working, he goes, I know, but you got tip money, right? So give me your, some of your tip money. What the hell? So you just looked at me on my appearance and you automatically judged me didn't look at me as okay maybe she's running a business didn't look at me as like oh maybe she has a business didn't look at me like oh well maybe she has some property didn't look at me and was like oh maybe she has some education he just automatically thought that I was gonna be like sure here's my tip money go buy yourself a drink no bum ass okay those are people those are the people that we need to kick out of our little cultural growth we have going here. That is that negative energy that I was talking about. Okay. That's that cleansing I'm talking about. Just because we are black together does not mean we stay together in certain things. Okay. As a whole, I'm talking about that we're going to look out for one another and it doesn't have to be financially. It could be, okay, I see this sister working with me. I see this brother working with me. We're doing the same type of business. Let's work together and let's get this business together. Not, oh, let's work together, but I'm really watching you and I'm working against you or I'm going to plot against you. Because at the end of the day, how I am right now, (laughs) I just got to laugh. This is a side note. How I am right now is not how I was before. Because when I was younger, I'll be snatching up some people. Okay. I'm just going to keep it real. I know I'm giving you, you know, I try to stay positive on my podcast, but like I told you, it's raw and uncut. I would have been snatching up some people right now. I will be snatching up some people right now. I came a long way, 
a long way. Trust me, because people feel as though that they could put blame on you. Okay. And just because you do the right thing to get that blame off of you, they automatically assume that's how you are. Don't do it. I'm letting you know right now. Do not come for me. Okay. So I am a public figure now. Is that what they said I am? A public figure? (laughs) That's what I heard. I'm a growing public figure. Anyways, I'll take it. Doesn't matter. But you got to be careful and how you deal with people. You don't don't think because you see someone that's smiling and you see someone that's going to say, you know what, let me to diffuse the situation. Let me go ahead and take care of this. Even though I know it was not me. Let me go ahead and diffuse the situation. Let me go ahead and take the bite for this because I know I'll get it back in 10 times positive way. You understand what I'm saying? Don't take that person for a weakness. That's a strong person. That's a grown person. That's a mature person. Do you understand? So whoever's listening to this podcast, I really hope you're listening to this podcast. Everybody has to know it all deals with energy. I'm telling you, energy. So learn how to cleanse yourself. Back to the cultural. What I'm saying is this. We as a whole... As black people, we have a connection to music and arts and theater, anything dealing with creativity. We're great with our hands. We're great with our minds. We're great with thinking about of ideas. But our weakness is we don't have faith in what we're doing. A weakness is that we have other people believe in our vision and changing our vision around to their vision. You understand what I'm telling you? You have to learn how to boss up. And bossing up takes a lot. Bossing up is not easy. Bossing up is not always positive. Bossing up takes a lot. Like I said, look at our our people that you can look up to. A lot of people look up to Oprah Winfrey. A lot of people look up to Obama. Okay? Regardless of what you may think, he made it into the office. Okay? They both made it, him and his wife, okay? So they made it into the White House office. So you have to look at those things and have more faith in yourself. So I say this to say on the last topic I'm talking about is the cultural behavior. When we look at hip-hop culture, it's a growing culture. It's either hip-hop, it's rap, it's trap music, it's, um, what's another name, Dirty South music, I don't know. It's it has all different names now, but it's all connected to black culture. And it's something that the youngins right now, even though us as adults from old school, like I'm from the hip hop house music days growing up, and then I grew into my teenage years into rap music. Then as an adult, I got into the trap music because you know my kids was listening to the trap music. So I have a couple of artists um, that I do admire. Big up yourself, Kodak Black. <laughs> He's one of them. Um, one that I admire during my daughter's time when he was like coming up. T.I. Look at T.I.T. as a prime example, how he turned himself from a drug dealer, took that drug dealer money, became a rapper, of course, with the help of Tiny, um, became a rapper, grew. He had someone that believed in him. He believed in himself. And look at him now. He's out there right now trying to work with other young rappers, you know, trying to get everything together. Um, making movies, you know, there's, there's a lot of avenues. Another person is Queen Latifah. I remember when Queen Latifah first came out with Moni Love, Ladies First, like I said, that was my hip hop culture. That was a conscious culture. She was talking about, you know, empowering women, empowering women, empowering black people. Don't let yourself be disrespected. You know, if you listen to Queen Latifah's music, you would see what direction she was going into. Then she started doing commercials. Then she started, you know, not commercials. She started doing um, sitcoms, living single, movies, um, with Kid and Play, House, House Party, commercials for CoverGirl. And she became an advocate. You know, so there are avenues. Don't think because someone is inside of a club wearing a bodysuit and some fishnets and boots and a wig on that that's their stop. 
No, that train keeps moving. Now, there's some people that they don't get that. They stay right there. You leave them right there and you keep going. So this is a real important topic here. And the reason why I left it for last is because it's disturbing. It's getting out of hand. The hip hop culture. Hip hop culture has actually went in a whole nother direction, as I said. So like I said, when I was growing up, it wasn't a whole lot of N words. And I can say it. It wasn't a whole lot of nigga this, nigga that, nigga this, nigga that, nigga this, nigga that, bitch this, bitch that, bitch this, bitch that. Because if you go back and you were listening to Roxanne Shantae and the real Roxanne and UFTO, UTFO, and UTFO was talking about Roxanne, the real Roxanne, they weren't saying, oh, bitch. This bitch look better than that bitch. And that bitch look better than this bitch. And when they were battling each other, they weren't saying, oh, bitch, you know, I got this. I got that. No, they battled with lyrics. They battled with talent. They battled with creativity, artistic, okay, artistic language, language, right? So now we have the trap music. We have the rap music where from the 90, late 90s or mid 90s, how it gradually started using the word nigga. Um, and started using the word bitch, hoe, you know, to, to nigga ref, um, refers to black men, um, bitch refers to black women. So when you hear bitch in a rap song now, you know, they're talking about a black woman. When you hear nigga in a black song now, you know, they're talking about a black man. This is not right. Needless to say, it's not right for a non-black person to say it. And I say this because when you see the white audience, I'll give you an example. I watched a documentary for Travis Scott. Very, very great documentary. Travis, you surprised me. Okay. I was out on the outside. I love Travis Scott music, but I was still, um, I'm going to be honest. I got a little disturbed when, you know, he joined the Kardashian, I mean, well, the Jenner, Jenner team. She's still part of the Kardashians. I don't care. And it's just like, um, like, wow, I really hope this young lady don't destroy this man. <laughs> it just like they they gotta stop. I really hope they don't destroy the man. But um his audience, his audience, I mean Travis Scott sells he cannot be in a building. His audience has to be outside in the fields. And the majority of his audience, the impact he has on his crowd and the audience. I keep saying audience because I'm going to tell you what it is. Majority of his audience was white. They knew every single lyric. Now, if you know Travis Scott lyrics. Okay. All right. I don't worry. I'll pay. I'll play it on here for you. Some Travis Scott lyrics. Okay. They knew every single lyric. This is not Okay. You know, growing up as a child and you're around adults and you learn how to censor yourself, you know, like if you're around adults, you're not going to say F this or F that or be this and be that. You're going to be like, you know, that person said to me and I said, woo, woo, woo to them. And it was like, oh, uh-uh, you said oh, la, la, all that. Try to work on it, non-black people, because this is our culture. I'm just going to I'm not going to be mean about it. I'm just being raw, uncut. Try to work on it. Try to work on this this N-word situation. It's not okay. It's not okay. There's memes out on Facebook. Just because you have children with a black man or you have children with a with a, a black woman. You know what? I don't see the black men so much saying it. It's the black women. I mean, it's the white women, I should say. Let me take that back. I don't see so much of the white men saying nigga this nigga that unless they were their homies i've seen that a couple times but as far as social media no i don't i see a lot of white women on social media saying oh this nigga said this and this nigga said that whether it's a meme or not there's no memes out there that says oh this cracker said that and that cracker said this what in the world and us we're accepting that are you kidding me so that means down the street someone that you don't know that they're not they're white but they're not your friend and you're walking down the street and they say to you what up nigga what you gonna say then you want to start saying black lives matter is that when you want to say oh don't call me a nigger is that when you want to retaliate 
Retaliate with your friends. Retaliate with your white friends that's calling you a nigger. Start there. Let them let it be known you are not a nigger. That is not that word. Because listen, they gave you that word. I don't have I I don't know any black slaves in my family. Okay. Like I said, my family is from the Caribbean and when I went back it, it was different. So it was so different. Like I got a whole bunch of stuff going on in my background. But at the end of the day, one one drop of black makes you black, right? All right. So that's what I claim. But what I'm saying is this for black Americans that seen their grandmothers, great grandmothers, you know, and heard stories of them being called niggers and them fighting. They they went from colored Negroes blacks niggers afro-american african-american oh my gosh what in the world why is there so many different identifications just for black myself i'm black and i'm I'm gonna start writing other right now because and that's what we need to start doing writing other because this is getting ridiculous when you go to an island um for example um my parents were born in trinidad when you look on their birth certificate under under where it's supposed to say race, it says nationality. The nationality is Trinidadian. That is another thing that in our cultural um, environment here, amongst us as blacks, why are you always trying to take away what we are? If I'm born in Harlem and I tell you I'm Trinidadian, don't sit there and tell me that I'm not Trinidadian. What you mean? So are you African-American? Who, who who you know came from Africa? Do your parents came from Africa? I already know a couple of African Americans. A couple of them. Um, one of them is my son's girlfriend. She's a true African American. Her mother's African. Her dad is American. Yep, and she was born in America. That's an African American to me. So why are you trying to take away my my history and my ancestry? Okay, my background is Trinidadian and Grenadian. Why you want to take that away? Because I was born here. When you see an Asian person, what do you say to them? Oh, look at that Chinese. Look at that Korean. But guess what? They're already five, six generation Americans. Then you see an Italian. Oh, look at that Italian. Look at this. Look at that. Oh, look at that German. Wait, wait. wait. Were they born in Germany? Were they born in Italy? What happened? So why black people always try to take away? And then not only do we always take away from ourselves, we always allow other races to take away from us as well. Wake up. Wake up. Get on my nerves now. Wake up. The N-word is not censored. Okay? The N-word is not censored. It's being used by everybody. And you're going to be surprised. And you're going to be that person that's going to be standing up one day. And you're going to be like, I don't want to be called nigger anymore. Shoot, they might just put it on the damn paperwork application that you're out there filing for. Instead of you checking black, they're going to put black or nigger. I don't know. Be smart. Stop it. Stop it. Okay, we got children that's growing up. Children are learning how to censor themselves around their parents. Children learning how to censor themselves around white people. But you think they care about if we're being if they censor themselves around us? Come on, keep the culture positive. Think about how it started. Think about how the fight. Whether you have family that came from another country, whether you have family that was right here in this country that came straight from Africa and they stayed here and they was in the south picking cotton. I seen plenty of cotton fields. In Georgia, in Augusta, on the way to Georgia, South Georgia, North Georgia, whichever you're looking at it, because you don't see that crap in Atlanta, because it done got picked out and building is over it, or a damn highway is over it. You know what I'm saying? But the point is, I look at them cotton fields, I'm like, what in the hell? No, no, no. I'm telling you, practicing colorism, practicing colorism, okay? Practicing colorism. I, I can't express this enough. Okay. Is there a right and wrong answer to this nigger word? The N word? I'm going to say no. Because the reason why I say that, once again, you have a best friend that is non-black and he's like, what up, my nigga? And you accept it. So that means, no, it's Okay. But then you have a stranger out here that say, nigga, put your hands down. Nigga, you can't do shit, boy. You can't do shit, girl. However they say it in the South, right? 
Now you want to be defensive. So then that's when it's wrong, right? Yes, that's when it's wrong. So here you have it, the right and wrong answer. Um, through this little segment right here on the cultural behavior, I guess you figured out what side I'm on on that. And if I step on some people's toes, oh, well, but I'm just going to let you know, I'm not buying it. You got to stop it. You can't put no memes up there about nigga this, nigga that, just because you have children that are mixed. What do you think? So let me ask you a question. Your children are mixed. What, what do you tell them? They're niglets? Because that's another term that they use in the slavery days. The little mixed babies, niglets, little niglets. That's what they are. You want somebody to put a meme up and talk about, look at these little niglets. Or do you want them to say, oh, biracial? Oh, is that when you want to say, oh, no, they're biracial. Oh, no, they're mulatto. No, they're little niglets, right? Okay, so just be prepared for that. Your future is them kids that you have that are mixed, biracial, triracial, quadracial children that you're having. And they don't have no category. And they're going to be considered niglets. Because once they find out, sometimes mixed children are born with straight hair. I have some cousins that have straight hair, blonde hair, as a matter of fact, blue eyes. But if you look at them real carefully, they have black in them. You could tell. Okay. So one day you're going to see it. You're going to see it. Somebody's going to see that little kink. That little straightness might get sweat on it. It might kink up. Okay. So relax on that. Relax on the N-word. So like I said, Thank you. Thank you again for joining on this segment. I was supposed to um, um, publish this on Friday, but I just had a lot of things to talk about. And I just was trying to think about a politically correct way to talk about it. Thank you for joining on my podcast. This is the Pepper Sauce Radio Talk Show. And I hope I gave you guys some things to think about and go out there and be great today. It is November 2nd, Saturday and enjoy. Have a great day.